This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Seds and Sandals, a p podcast by the Lancashire Post. This week, we'll be taking a look back at the Coventry City game, looking ahead to Barnsley at the weekend, talking about the upcoming social media boycott, and should Frankie McAvoy get the job full-time? Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Seds and Sandals. My name is Tom Sandals and with me, as always, is Dave Seddon. Dave, here we go again. We're back. We're getting uh, We're getting there. We're getting pretty consistent with this, aren't we? I think we so, all are on a good run of form, yeah. you and me, aren't we, Tom? Yeah. yeah. So, momentum. We're, yeah. 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 We're, uh, we're turning up. We might make the playoffs at least right now, yeah. 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 So. We'll see out the season and then yeah. uh, see how we go from there. But... Uh, Hey, we'll get straight into it. Another North End win. Yeah, really good. 1-0 down at Coventry. Uh, well, not at Coventry. Yeah. Against Coventry at Birmingham. Yeah. Um, Naturally, of course. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Second 1-0 win at St Andrews in three months. Yeah. Goal scored at the same end. How was it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jason Mullumby's uh, driving run forward, wasn't it? That yeah, set up Scott Sinclair against Birmingham and yeah. then uh, Alan rounded the honours at the same end as Coventry. Yeah. Bit of symmetry there for you. Yeah. And I'm... Going straight into it, that that should not have been the first penalty that North End had. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> the penalty he got, it yeah. couldn't be any more clear. The goalkeeper jumped on <laughs> yeah. Jed Evans' back. And they mounted him. Yeah, and somehow, I know with the double jeopardy rule, you don't get a red card necessarily. But I thought he would have got a yellow yeah. just for, you know, the fact well, it was a foul. I thought it was only that if they make an attempt, attempt to play to the, the ball. ball yeah. And he just didn't. He, he didn't, just pulled him back. He so. just jumped on Chad Evans' back. He did have another defender back with him. I give him that. Yeah. But you'd have fought a yellow card anyway. Yeah, but yeah. I suppose it's, you know, like, it, you know, it's easy to say afterwards. But but you, then you refer to the one 13 minutes earlier when, mm. again, Chad Evans and Ben mm. Wilson, the Coventry goalkeeper. Ben Wilson didn't have a very good day, did he? He didn't, no. <laughs> But it was um, it was a great run from Sean Maguire, and he he, he slid mm. he slid a nice pass through for Jed Evans down the right hand side of the box, and Evans went through one on one with the keeper, and keeper dived at his feet, didn't he? And the ball didn't the direction of the ball didn't change, yeah. so the goalkeeper clearly didn't get anything on the ball, mm. and he got it all on Evans. The linesman's looking at it. You can see the referee looks over, you know, you know, like. No, criti- no criticism of the ref there. Mm. He obviously wanted some help from the linesman, which you need. Yep. And the linesman's, uh, I don't know, gives yeah. a goal kick. I couldn't believe it. No, you know, I, I, I watched it. I didn't have a benefit of a replay. We didn't, There's we didn't. one angle on I follow where it's like, yeah. I think it's from behind the opposite net. Yeah. And it's like in line with the corner of the six-yard box. And it just clearly shows it. I mean, it's one of those penalties where... VAR gives it, doesn't it? Yeah. And the thing is, if if... The pitch had been longer, for example. Mm. Chad Evans is not getting to that ball. He's knocked it straight out of play, yeah. but he's still knocked it past the keeper, taking the contact. And yeah. nine times out of ten, that should—I that, mean—that's yeah. a penalty. It has to be it? a Let's penalty. As I say, I'm not criticising the ref there. I think he needed some help from his assistant, who's got an absolutely bang-on side view of it—the best mm. view in the house. Yeah. And anyway, fortunately, yeah. it didn't matter because Preston got the one. You know, a few minutes later, nicely put away by Alan Brown. Mm. Told it's his first time he's taken a penalty since he Derby. missed that one. 
Yeah, but it's the first one since he, he took one for the Republic of Ireland against Slovakia and oh, missed. Yeah. So he sort of buried a few demons there. Yep. He has taken penalties for North End. Yep. He scored one, but he, yep. he missed that one against Derby. He hit the he? outside of the post, didn't he? He yeah. scored one against Wickham in the FA Cup as well, I remember. Yeah. Cause he, had a little, yeah. he had a little spell of, uh, yeah. of taking them, he didn't he? He scored one against Hull, I think it was, um, mm. in that season. And then it was uh, it was over Easter. They lost to Derby, didn't they? And yeah, Tom Lawrence free kick. Yeah. Yeah, and they'd lost to Chef Wednesday before and, that. Yeah. And that was kind of mm. the end of the playoffs almost, wasn't really it? With, was. with they, had that. A, they had a little bit of a rejuvenation after that, but sort of missed out, didn't they? Yeah, so yeah. Brown's not taken one for a bit, but mm. he, I suppose he was a natural penalty taker when you consider DJ wasn't in the squad, Galley wasn't in the squad. Chad Scott, Evans. Scott Sinclair was on the bench mm. at the time. Chad Evans had missed. Missed one, yeah. See, uh, that, that was the only person I thought of was potentially... Mm. But, I mean, mm. captain's probably pulling rank and, and like yeah. I say... Chad Evans missed his last one against so. Cardiff that time. Yeah, yeah. when the, so. when Gallagher missed as well. When we got two in a minute. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but it was a nice penalty from Brown. Just mm. gave the keeper the eyes and rolled it the other way. You know, yeah. so took it well. Yeah, and that's all they needed. A one that yeah. it was one of those games where neither team were great. Mark Robbins, the Coventry boss, admitted. Uh, Coventry were out on the legs, you know, they were out on their feet, dead on their feet. Mm. They'd, uh, they'd won four of the last five games, they'd done the job near enough, and, yep. and I think they'd just run out of energy. And it was it, during the game, North End built themselves into it, weren't brilliant in the first half, a bit like at Stoke the mm. week before. Weren't great, got through to half time nil nil. I'm not saying Frankie McAvoy had to lose his rag like mm. he did at Stoke at half time, but he obviously made a couple of adjustments. And they were better in the second half, and it was just a case of, you know, could they get a chance? And, yeah, and that's the penalty it. came along. The big thing at the moment is one goal mm. is enough for North End and can be enough. In the past, it, it that wasn't the case. Yeah. It was at least two goals needed to win a game, at yeah. least. Now they're able to stay in the game mm -hmm. and a goal can get them all three points, which is just not what we've seen for a while, really. No. And afterwards, Co Coventry couldn't really raise a gallop. To the, the, you never thought the lead was threatened at all. Mm. So, sometimes teams have a good late burst, but yeah. they, they looked out on the feet, didn't they? They'd, they'd rested two strikers after the after the last game when they'd won yep. at Stoke. Uh, yeah, they, brought, they brought those two strikers back on after an hour against North End, but mm. they didn't exactly look full of energy and running, and uh, it just sort of petered out from. I thought their probably best sub was Darbo, who came on at the right wing yeah. back, who had a cracking game at Deepdale, I seem yeah. to remember. He brought a bit of life and energy to him, but th there was no close shaves in North End, mm. was there, in that closing stages? Yeah, it was a rare week where Daniel Leveson has not pulled off a really nice save or <laughs> he something. He didn't have one to make, <laughs> yeah. did he? No, I, I noticed there was. Um, on the stats, Coventry had one shot on target, and that was in the first half. Someone mm. had a shot. It hit Ledson quite quick, mm. and then sort of looped up, and Ben Whiteman sort of, whether he meant to or not, headed it over the bar, helped it hit his head and went over the bar. And that was their one shot on target, really. There was nothing for Everson to deal with. Mm. So it was quite comfortable. And as I say, North End didn't really come under much pressure in that in that you know the last 20 minutes or so so yeah and like you say Coventry's job's done really yeah. isn't it they their their whole I, mean, I wrote about it in, in the paper in the build-up that their whole remit for the season was just to stay up yeah. they're new to the division mm -hmm. and that's what they did courtesy of um Derby losing yeah. again mm -hmm. um now they're they're safe yeah and that was it I mean they, they lost one nil but they were they were com they were buzzing after the game because they they survived. Yeah, we, we I went down to the pitch side to do interviews after the game. You know, they don't have they, they don't use the press room. They out in the fresh air. You know, on mm -hmm. the touchline. 
a couple of their players came running back out to do the warm down. I think they'd come on as subs or been on new subs and do a chanting, we are staying up. You know? So, <laughs> yeah, it's job done. They've had two successive promotions. Yeah. They got up, you know, they're back on the high, they're moving back to their own ground again next, yep. next season. So it's a, it's a good time to be around and yeah. they, they've done the job. And, and North End as well got safe at the same time, but did it of their own backs, you know, mm. where the fact that Rotherham and Derby both lost meant North End were safe, whatever had happened against Coventry in the end. But they went and got three points. They did it exactly, they had it all in their own hands. Yeah, and, and that was something that, Frank, like Liam Lindsay said after the game, obviously you spoke to him and um, he, he said that, even though it was as they were as good as safe because of goal difference and all that sort of stuff, it was still mentioned, go out and, and do it yourself, yeah. go out and make it mathematically impossible mm. off your own back. Yeah. And I, that's, I suppose that's kind of important, really, is that North End have not had to rely on anyone else. The, their own results, their own performances have meant that they're safe. Let's be fair, we didn't want to be in this scenario. No. It's, it's, it's a terrible season that with two games to go, we're going, oh, thank God they're safe. Mm-hmm. But at least there is something you can take from that that you've done it off your own steam. Yeah, well, I'm quite uh, quite happy about that because basically their own performances mm. between sort of January, February and into March dropped them into that position. Mm-hmm. It was their fault they were there. So they've dug themselves out of it. Yeah. You know, thank, thankfully, they've not had to... You know, they've not looked for a favour. They've not had to look for a favour, thank goodness, from anyone else. You can't have that finger pointed at them. Yeah. So you got yourselves into this mess. We've got ourselves out of it. So yep. it balances out quite nice. It sounds a bit ruthless, that doesn't it? But you know, no, I think it's no one can right, put, yeah. no one can point the finger now and go, well, it was only because Derby were crap that you mm. you've stayed up or whatever. It's not because it's because Preston have got enough points and there's two more games left to go and hopefully they can get a you know four or six points out of mm. you know four or six points out of those two. Alan Brown's with. talking about a top half finish. He could do technically, yeah. I think Luton pulled uh, a little bit further away from him yesterday ahead mm. of him didn't he by beating Bristol City so uh, as we record on Monday morning and yes. uh, yeah they played Sunday didn't they yeah so Millwall are four points ahead with two games to go so that's that's the team to catch to get 12th yeah is that the highest they can go uh, no technically they can get to 11th where yeah. Luton are but they have three games in hand right. well no they have three games left sorry yeah. one game in hand yeah so... so that's probably harder so Millwall's probably the most realistic yeah I but mean I won't put it past North End getting back to the spirit Spiritual home of 11th. 11th, yeah. Well, I mean, imagine that being a success this season. But it used uh, to be um, in, in in the dark days of the sort of early 90s, uh, Tom, we always <laughs> used to joke North End's spiritual home was 17th in, 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 <laughs> yeah. in what is now League One. That's where about we used to finish when Les Chapman was manager around there. But uh, at the moment, yeah, we've got this... Uh, we had two 11th place finishes. Yeah, first Grayson. two seasons up, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. And then, obviously, we've had a 7th... 14th, 9th, and, and whatever so this season's going to be. <laughs> it's averaging, say say North End got 12th, 11th, 12th. We're averaging out about that. Yeah, so about ten, there, 9th, 10th, 11th place is probably what they are at the moment. Yeah, right? and, and which probably wouldn't be... Uh, I mean, to stick with the average, given how difficult or how long this season has felt, is mm. probably not the worst result in the world. Not that we, not what we'd want, obviously, mm. but... Because uh, you're obviously looking for a bit of progress year on year, but not the case. One change at the weekend, though. Sean Maguire came in, Tom Barkays, and went from up front, where I think he had done well. Against Derby, yeah. To left wing back. Yeah. Emil Reese dropped. I, I think he's probably just not mm. quite 
cut it and yeah, Maguire's yeah. got the chance. Well, Reese was, um, yeah, Reese was on the bench, wasn't he, against mm. Derby? He only came on late on. But no, it was um, oh, yeah, against Derby, he'd started Barcazen up front with Chet Evans and he had Greg Cunningham in uh, wing back and apparently mm. asking Frankie McAvoy afterwards. Greg had, um, he played, he'd been out for five weeks. He'd come back in, played the Saturday and the Tuesday, Stoke and Derby. Mm. He just said he felt a bit stiff and sore, not injured as such, but not quite 100%. So McAvoy sort of obviously thought, well, I'm not taking any risks on him. Yep. Put him on the bench. If and we need said him for 20 along, minutes, they, yeah. yeah. Uh, he had players who can slot in. Barkay's got his ninth different position in whatever, <laughs> yeah. six games or whatever. No, he, he moved back to left wing back and uh, he gave Maguire a run up front. It was Maguire's first start since Wickham, mm. since a 1-0 defeat at Wickham in March. And he did all right, I thought, but I didn't think there was a lot going on attacking-wise for North End in that mm. first half of the hour on. He had a good chance, though, that one. It was a... It was a Barkay's long throw, Jordan Story flicked it on. Yeah. He just guided that head wrong side of the far post. Should, yeah. Should have scored. Did he get to it? He did. Just did he? about, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. So, right. I, thought um, just, uh, I thought he just arrived slightly after it. Might have hit his quiff. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah, but, hit his <laughs> eyebrows or something. Yeah. But no, but, you know, um, and then they brought, they made the substitution, they brought Maguire off mm. just before, brought Emil Reese on, probably about a minute before they scored. I think, mm. uh, I think I was just noting down the substitution when when Chad Evans won the penalty, you know. So uh, all yeah. all good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sixty sixty sixth minute, sixty seventh minute. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, and only three substitutions as well. And for everyone um, wanting Tom Bayliss to get game time, he got Frankie McAvoy duly delivers. I think he got about twenty four seconds <laughs> at the end when it, when Evans went down injured. Tell you what, some player didn't put a foot wrong. No, no, against his former club. Didn't do so. it right though. No, he. <laughs> He's that puzzle, is Tom Bayliss, isn't he? We're just, you know, we were just discussing before we started recording this. Mm. This time, well, this this stage stage of the season season last year, which was in July rather than in April, May. Would have been at this time had things been normal. Yeah, it was Tom Bayliss coming on as a sort of 20-minute, 25-minute substitute of Bristol City on the last game of the season to sort of look as if he could hack the first team level and get himself in, in position to be a more regular this season and you know sort of 9, nine 10, 11, 12 months on mm. we're still in the same position with him so yeah. it's a bit bit of a strange one but he's a lot of competition in that midfield at the moment Ledson and Whiteman and Brown are the sort of preferred three in mm-hmm. there and you can't I mean, argue with I was going to say it's, it's hard to knock it isn't no. it at the moment especially with You've still got DJ scoring yeah. in recent weeks yeah. as well. You've still got DJ to come back into that one. I know he's not had a good season, but yeah. he when he gets fit, he's still an option there. You've got Brad Potts, who's been coming on, and we talked about him last week. Love him all over him. He's been one of North End's better players yeah. this season. He's and second, he has an impact. He's the second highest goal scorer, I think. So, yeah, he, he, he's got that impact. So... Bayless is very much sort of under under those five. And then do you go for Jason Malumbi, who's got experience at this level yeah. and has performed as an international player, all that sort of stuff. So yeah. it, it's difficult. And I mean, look at the players that didn't get on. Anthony Gordon, Scott Sinclair, mm-hmm. Jason Malumbi. Yeah. That, there's, there's quality there exactly, sat on the bench yeah. that can't... I mean, he's allowed five subs. He used mm, three, yeah. just. Yeah. And those three don't even... Don't even get on. There wasn't really a... He changed it up front, didn't he? Mm. And then he changed... Which was the second change? Uh, There was... Well, Slepsins. 
Whiteman, Whiteman Evans, and Maguire yeah, it was off, yeah, so it was Pot, been, it was Potts coming on Potts for, for Whiteman. Whiteman. Yeah, yeah with, ten minutes to go. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't an early one. It wasn't really a game where they had to change a lot tactically. Really, they brought Potts, who made a really good impact at Derby as a sub. They brought him on for a little bit of energy at the end again, mm-hmm. and and then. Obviously, to get all five subs on, you've got to make. You've only got three opportunities to make them, so yeah. one of them has to be a double. It wasn't really the one where Bayless only went on because Evans mm-hmm. went down with an injury right at the end with a bit of a knock. Yeah, probably winding the clock down. Better gamesmanship, really. Absolutely, it? yeah. So, yeah, but, but you, you do look at it, and I, I did ask about the formation after the match. You know, again, with Frankie McAvoy after the game, he, he said he likes a 3-5-2. And he brought it up himself and he said, because I like that system, because I've got wingers, wide um, wing-backs playing down the sides, he said it doesn't really lend itself to having other wide players in the team. Hence, he said some people aren't getting games, which is a reference, obviously, to Sinclair Gordon. and Gordon. Because probably neither of them are sort of the sort you really want to drop into wing-back positions. You don't mm-hmm. really want them tracking tracking back doing the defensive duties. Tom Barcaves is one of those workhorses who can go up and down. Yeah. And, and he, look, we, he looks knackered from the fifth minute yeah. to the 85th yeah. minute, doesn't he? So it does, you can't really tell when but, he's but, actually but, tired. Barky just looks one of those players who's permanently knackered. Yeah. He's got that hangdog impression, yeah. <laughs> yeah. expression on his face. But... Um, yeah, Sinclair, they have, we have seen him as wing-back occasionally, mm. but... And when he's played as a winger, one of my criticisms is that he comes. He, he's been. He was being told to come back too much. Yep. Don't want that. You know. So yeah. Get him up the pitch. That's where he's going to do his damage. But when you're playing wingers, the idea of playing wing backs is that you can play up two at front, three, three in midfield. You can't play wing backs and then have someone attacking in a wide area. So yeah, or a few teams. Few yeah. teams do. I think Wolves used yeah. to, but mm. it, it's a very. You've got to be very. I mean, you can't come there in. might have. Three four three, wasn't it? Yeah. Central striker and two sort of widish players. Yeah. yeah, and you can't come in over an international break and go right. This is how we're going to play. It, mm. it, it's and it's a much it's much easier to fit into a three five two than it is like a, a three four three yeah. and all that sort yeah. of stuff. And so McAvoy's found a system which suits North End. Yeah, he he's lost one game out of six. You know, mm-hmm. he's doing something right. He's settled on a formation. The one time it went wrong was against Brentford, and that when, was partly when shaped, his own doing. When it's part, he admits he's partly his own doing. Uh, by changing the formation, he, mm. he broke up the three at the back and went for a four-three-three, and it didn't work. So he's found this formation, and unfortunately, you do get a little bit of collateral damage there, don't you? Mm. So uh, certain players can't fit into the system. Mm-hmm. So the way you're going to get Sinclair or, or Gordon into the team will be playing him centrally up front, you know, mm. as a striker. So uh, I'd be happy to see Sinclair there, but at I the would, moment, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just not really that bothered about seeing Anthony Gordon in there. I think he's brilliant, and I think he's a, like a very exciting player, but in this system it doesn't really bother me no. that he's not playing because North End are playing well, North End are getting results yeah. and his best position is as a left winger and it's just it's just not there. North End were battling for points now when you wanted goals, get him in there mm. but at the moment when they've settled on a system yeah. and you've got to be sticking with it at the moment. And part of me just thinks it's a foundation to build off for next season mm. and that, I think I feel like that's the way Frankie McAvoy's kind of looking at it it's like I'm trying to he's trying to put his best foot forward this is what's working this is what if I was to get the job this is what it'd be like so he's got to kind of put something in there that you can have some sort of consistency and then some continuation into next season if it is 
that he gets the job. Yeah. Well, I, on on Friday, Tom, before before um, the Coventry game, I put on Twitter. You know, I put the North End story, posted it out on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I just put a little, you know, note on it. I said, "Would you be looking to experiment at this stage of the season?" Mm. Because even before going to Coventry, it would have taken quite a swing of results to drop North End back into the mire. Yep. So I said, "Is this a time for experiment?" And the people who replied, and there were plenty of them, said, "No." you know stick with what he's got one North End need to win some games because we've not won enough this season yep. two if McAvoy does want the job permanently he's going to want he wants a strong end to this season which is by playing his, what he thinks is his strongest team mm-hmm. and so the, the, the North End fans who answered it were sort of saying yeah they could un- totally understand why he shouldn't be experimenting at, at, at this point you know so it's an interesting one yeah, he's in a he's in a difficult spot, isn't he? Because his future almost rests on 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 the end to the season. So how can he? At the end of the day, you've got to look after number one. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he's got he's got to do what he can to put his best case forward. Yeah. Whether that comes at the cost of Jason Malumbi's loan fizzling out, Anthony Gordon's loan fizzling out, mm-hmm. Tom Bailey's still not getting game time. Mm-hmm. It's not important to him. He's got to get he's got to get results. He's no. paid to win football matches, and and that's what he's doing. But. Well, we'll come on to it. We'll come on to it now, mm-hmm. um, and we'll move on to um, look at Barnsley a little later. But mm-hmm. as as we're on it, does Frankie McAvoy deserve the job full time? Because He's- if if we're saying like whether to experiment or not, if if for example they said to him the job's yours, I'd expect more experimentation. Before then, whilst it's still obviously as it is, which it will be until the end of the season, where you don't know what's going to happen. I, I don't expect him to experiment because he's got to put his best case forward. And at the moment, it's very hard to deny him a really, really good shot of getting that job. He's done He's done brilliantly. If Frankie McAvoy has done exactly what the mm-hmm. job he was given to do, he was told to, I'm not saying keep North End in the division. I don't... The way things were going, they were sliding... Whether he would have slid right into trouble, I'm not 100% mm. sure. But North End could not take that risk. There was a risk mm. he could have slid terribly. Yep. And Alex Neal wouldn't have been able to arrest it. And he'd have had enough time to yeah. change he, things. He was showing signs that at the time he couldn't arrest it. Yep. And yep. the international break in March was that sort of last interruption of the season. A natural break if they are going to make a change to do it. So that's history now. The change was made. Frankie McElroy was told, stop that slide. Make sure you don't go into the bottom three. Make sure they're playing championship football next season. He's done that. So, but, And he's done that well in the fact that he's won three, drawn two, and only lost one. He's, he deserves to throw his hat into the ring. Yeah. And he deserves, if there is going to be, I don't know how they're going to do this, but if they're going to do an interview process or a shortlisting process, he has to be on it, yep. naturally. I think every club would do that with a caretaker who's been pretty successful. So, he at the moment, if I were pressing North End, I still wouldn't be looking at results and going, I'm going to appoint him now. I still think they should finish the season, get these last two games out of the way, take a deep breath, take stock of it all. Yeah, see who's and a, have who a good light available. Of it. At the moment, yeah, we've heard they've had 60-odd applicants. A lot of them will be managers not managing at the moment. Some will be managers in jobs who aren't suitable. Some will be managers who 
maybe want to change, but North End might not be able to get them. So at the end of the season, though, there might be another group who sort of finish a season and it finish, feels more of a natural break from them. They might be with clubs at the moment, might think, yeah, I might have a look at that. I fancy a fresh challenge. So let the games finish. I know it might cost them a couple of weeks at the moment, but I don't think that's going to make a lot of difference. It might be that a really good candidate jumps out of them, someone becomes available at the end of the season, or it might not be. But I certainly think at the moment, yeah, just leave it until May. Have a look around at the moment. I'm sure that 60-odd applicants have been whittled down to, in their own minds, it's going to be whittled down to a handful, you would have thought. And then look at it again. But McAvoy has put himself in the running. Mm. Good on him. And at the end of the day... Mm. Those couple of weeks aren't going to cost North End massively because any transfer dealings generally are coming from higher than the manager, mm-hmm. and some might even be a little way down the road because yeah. they generally get them done quite early anyway. Yeah. They need to decide what route they want to go down, mm-hmm. whether it's a head coach or a manager, yeah. and and that might depend on applicants. Mm-hmm. But when, especially when you consider the teams that Frankie McAvoy's come up against. Norwich, who are flying high at the top of the league and will most likely win it. Swansea, who are now safe in the playoffs. Brentford, who are now safe at the playoffs, who obviously stuff North End. But those are three really good teams. And then against the two so-called lesser teams, Derby and Coventry, he's picked up the points, as you'd expect. He's he's picked up four points from the three games against the the, the top sides and then drawn with a, a side around where North End were mid-table. Slightly above them in the table. Yeah, yeah. he's mm-hmm. done everything you'd kind of expect and a little bit above by taking four points from three games against three top sides. Yeah. It, it's so difficult to kind of say he's not done a, a good enough job to get the job even, especially... I, do read, I still do read that, Tom. I've been reading a little bit on, on, on Facebook, especially, you know, where there's a some f- certain fans groups, you know, and mm. there's some, some stuff in there where they... Individuals are so opposed to him, it's unbelievable. He's Neil's man. Well, I think we've got to move away from that now. Yeah. I whether think he's he gets shown the, he's not, yeah, whether he gets the job or not, mm. yeah, he, he deserves to be considered of on his own. Yeah. Don't don't do with anyone else. He's come out himself, he, out himself, and said I, I wasn't everyone's cup of tea when he was appointed. And I've seen some people question that. Oh, we've been behind you all the time. But I think where he was, where he's coming from, there is that probably a lot of people expect expected it him to go with Alex Neal mm. at the same time, and it'd be Steve Thompson and Paul Gallagher who would take charge. I that questioned was a, it. Yeah. That was a rumor going around at the time. Part, wasn't part of it? the old yeah. regime. It's a bit yeah. of a risk. You don't know what you when know, the pre- whether when, it'll be fresh enough. After the looting game, when there was all the speculation, would would, would Alex be leaving? In the run up to it, even. Even an hour before the decision was announced, in my head, it was still going to be, oh, probably be Tomo and mm-hmm. Paul Gallagher. Mm-hmm. And when I got told it was going to be Frankie McAvoy staying, I was quite surprised at the time, yeah. only because of, sort of guilt by association, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But, and, but I think now, you know, Frankie's proved that like, he, he can make decisions on his own. He can move mm. away from the previous incumbent, which is, yeah. it's not disrespecting Alex Neal that, it's not res- disrespecting the fact they've worked together for so long, but people can look at, you know, you can work as a pairing, but still have your own views mm. and your, st- your own ideas. I find it quite interesting because I think his his approach has been quite a lot different to Alex Neal's, mm. yet he's worked with him and had to support what Alex Neal, what, and maybe it shows how much, um, like, how much Alex Neal was in charge in that, 
Frankie McAvoy's approach has been so much different. The two up top, the three-five-two, yeah. the consistency in that, and and the fact that he's pretty gung ho in the way that they play. That he he wants to get forward, he wants to go and win the game. Whereas Alex Neal, and I know he'll have been burnt a little bit by the run of form and the the, the breaks that weren't going his way, this and that. But it is qu- quite a departure from the way Alex Neal's had, had had set up, and I don't think it it's. Obviously, I, I mean, I, like I said, I, I voiced my concern over bring, letting um, what was essentially Alex Neal's assistant just carry on where Alex Neal hadn't hadn't been doing well enough. Mm-hmm. But it's been so much different that yeah. it, you can't see him as anything other than his own his own manager, his own coach, and that's why he should be considered. And if he goes and gets six points from these last two games now, ends the season on, on four wins, five games unbeaten... In there, you've got three playoff teams and probably the champions mm-hmm. to come away with the amount of points. What will it be? It'll be um, 17 points mm-hmm. out of a potential 24. Yeah. How do you... Not how do you? Yeah. 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 It, <laughs> d- d- there won't be much better auditions, no, really. Exactly. And, <laughs> and he's willing to be a head coach if you want that. Yeah. History has shown that assistants... He can break away and be successful. Just look at North End's history. Gary Peters took over from John Beck. Mm. Now those two were like joined at the hit when they first came. They were it was big long ball out to the corners, sand in the corners yeah. of the pitch to hold yeah. the ball up. But then Gary Peters took over from John Beck and changed them to an absolute beautiful football inside mm. and got promoted. David Moyes took over from Gary Peters. So there's been changes there. Billy Davis taking over from Craig Brown. So uh, sort of similar, I don't know, we're, we're Craig and Billy were very close, uh, but Craig used to change his formation a lot, and what Billy did was come in, take over from Craig, and he, he sort of in, in, imposed a style on them, you know, sort of played a sort of four four two or whatever it was and stuck with it. Craig used to switch formations between whoever we were playing. Mm. So those two were really close. But again, when Billy took over from Craig Brown, they showed that he could break away. Mm. So it's not a new thing at Preston. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think the big thing will be who is available and what that mm. kind of fits into. Mm. I don't think, off the top of my head, there's many managers out there that I'd go, oh, yeah, him. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, there's a lot of talk about Gareth Ainsworth is the one that generally comes up. but I He's mean, the one, you know, if it was to go on an outside appointment, mm. I've I've said this from the day one, he, he's the sort of, he, he's a, I, I'd like to see Gareth Ainsworth here if mm. he was available, if he wanted to come, if North End decided to go on an outdoor, you know, an outdoor, an outside <laughs> appointment. Do you, take an him, do you take him over Frankie McAvoy right now? Given the choice, if you've got, if gun, I, gun to your head, whatever the, Scenario I'll is. tell you at the end of the season. Let's get the end of the season. But at the moment, I don't think they should be deciding one way or another. Mm-hmm. But if it was an if you're gonna obviously an internal appointment, McAvoy. If you're gonna go, if you decide no, they don't want to do internal. Let's go outside the club. For me, Ainsworth. Partly, I know. Yeah, people go on about his playing style. They go on. Oh, he's got Wickham probably going to be relegated, but he's also got Wickham on the tightest of budgets up two divisions in his time there. Made a good fist of it in the championship. Yes, playing styles different to what we're used to, but he could adapt it depending on what players are available to him. I just like the guy's enthusiasm. I like his approach to management. I like his approach to life. Mm. 
Um, quite like his musical taste as well. <laughs> yeah. but I, I don't think Peter Isdale will take music into consideration <laughs> when, when they make this appointment. Uh, style and a leather jacket. But I just think as well, Tom, we're on a really big summer, yeah. fan engagement-wise. That is That has got mm. to play a part. I'm not saying you've got to play to the gallery all the time, but North End will not have had spectators in Deepdale for sort of 15 months by the time we're getting into the summer. And that's not their fault, that's it's a government decision. This pandemic, we've not been able to have fans in the stadium. No one has, but people do lose interest. Mm. Fan, fan attendance at North End can be quite volatile it can be, at the yeah. best of times, yeah. anyway, can't it? So it, it's important that they need something to capture the fans' imagination at times, mm. whether it be signings, whether it be a managerial appointment. Yeah. I just think Ainsworth could get that engagement. There was. Speaking to some fans, they felt there was a disconnect anyway mm. in the last couple of seasons. This was before the pandemic. Mm. Now we've had the pandemic, which was forced on everyone. This is not a North End issue. It's a it's a life issue, isn't it, at the mm-hmm. moment? But when push comes to shove in June, July, when they're shifting season tickets, that has to be a consideration Yeah, to entice yeah. fans back to prove look, you've not been in this stadium for 15 months or so, we do want you back and this is a way we can get you back. Yeah, I think for me, it and again, like you say, it does kind of depend on the way the season finishes, but especially if he gets six points out of these last two mm, games, yeah. I'm edging on the side of, if it ain't broke, it don't continue, fix it. Yeah, yeah. Bring in, bring in maybe another coach. Maybe, do you need another coach? Is, is Galley just the man? Do you just... Leave it at Gal- You probably think of the same... They seem... When you talk to Frankie, he always talks about, in every interview, he will mention Steve Thompson, Mike Pollitt and Paul Gallagher mm-hmm. and the analysts as a team. Mm. And I think it, at the moment it's very much a team approach, isn't it? So maybe if it's because, working, keep that. Yeah, yeah because, I mean, before Galley kind of, as the season's gone on, he's gone more and more into that coaching scenario. Mm-hmm. Before that, there was only Frankie and Tomo supporting Alex Neal. Mm-hmm. So you've got that situation again now that Alex Neal's gone and Galley stepped into there. So you've still got those three first-team coaches. So you might not even need to bring anyone else in. No. You might just be able to, to carry on from there. Mm-hmm. Let them bring in the players that suits their formation yeah. better. Mm-hmm. Natural wing-backs or, or yeah. n- more natural number nines, maybe. Yeah. And, and go from there. It might be... As you say, he's playing three five two at the moment because of what he's got available to him. If mm-hmm. he would have a bit of an overhaul of the squad in the summer, it could be that were he to get the job, he might decide, well, if we can get X, Y and Z in as sign-ins, this will suit us more to play in another formation yeah. to a four three three or a four four two or whatever, or four four one four one. I d I don't know, but yeah. or he could be looking at the moment, yeah. My three five twos worked. If I yeah. was to get the job going forward, I'd just like to need, stick with that. Yeah, yeah, I just need these couple of pieces. To but it, it turns into a different job though when you're interim mm-hmm. to when you turn into the main man. Yeah, I tell you, that's a different pressure. And as a devil's advocate, how many players out there are going to go? I want to go and play under Frankie McAvoy compared to potentially other I, managers out I there. I don't think is there play, a lot of weight in that. I don't think players nowadays give too much you know, leeway to that. Certainly at this level, I think mm-hmm. it, if, if, if you're generally if, recruiting from below yeah, anyway, if you've been, so. if you've been paid a decent wage, mm-hmm. if you've been, if, if your wage demands are met, mm-hmm. you will move clubs. Yeah. Especially now players move, listen to their agents. Yeah. Their agents will be going, I've got you a good deal here. I can't get you a better deal anywhere else. Yep. Or 
this club's got a little bit more potential to do it, they will go there. Yeah. I don't think all the time, you know, they might sometimes if you've played under a manager before at another club, that might be tempting to move. Oh, yeah, I'll go with him, it suits my style or whatever. But at the moment, I don't necessarily think it would be, oh, I, I'm desperate to go and play for Frankie him. McAvoy, yeah. Gareth Ainsworth, Mark Robbins, or whoever, you know, it's mm-hmm. sort of you're almost signed for the club, don't you? And I think you know nowadays that managers don't last that long, do they? Yeah. You know, like um, two or three years. If you've got three years under your belt, Alex and Neil nearly did four. That's <laughs> a hell of a long serving, you know, in, in the current game. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, you, you tend to sign more, I think, for the club rather than the manager. And on the uh, Gareth Ainsworth's front, the uh, direct style of play can be quite effective if you just ask Barnsley. Yeah. Do you like that segue? Yeah, I like yeah, that segue yeah, in yeah. there, yeah, yeah. Barnsley at the weekend, uh, right up there, safe in the playoffs now, which I don't think anyone expected going into the season. Mm-hmm. don't think anyone expected even halfway in the season. They've really picked up this second half. Uh, Valerian Ishmael uh, mm. has come in and done a really good job. And they're now safe in, in sixth. And I think there's, I mean, there's obviously still a lot to play for. And we covered it briefly on, on a pod a few weeks ago about how um, the playoffs are... are it seems really important where teams are going to finish. And Brentford are third on 78, then Bournemouth, Swansea and Barnsley are all level on 77 points only. I mean, the goal difference, there is a, a big difference. Uh, Bournemouth are on plus 30, Swansea plus 18, then Barnsley plus eight. So it looks, I mean, if they're on level on points that in the next two games, it's going to stay that way. There's not going to be enough of a swing. But... They're, they're a really good side. Yeah. They've still got something to play for. It's not that they're safe in the playoffs and that's that because, I, in, well, at least in my opinion, the positioning of where you finish is going to matter. Oh, it is. So it's not it's not a dead rubber that North End are safe. Barnes are in the playoffs. Sometimes the flip-flops on. Yeah, sometimes in the playoffs at this stage, there's a team in third place who are like eight mm. or nine points ahead of the others. Yeah, who were just, just faded away from the yeah, automatics. And, yeah. yeah, and then there's someone who comes shooting into the playoffs yeah. and are just glad to get sixth place. But now with two games left, two weekends of the season left, the playoffs are sorted. It's now a, jo- a case of jockeying for position round. And if you can get the the home-led second by finishing third what you, you want to do. So, no, but Barnsley are a remarkable story. They stayed mm. up by the fact that Wigan got dot points last season, didn't they, and went down. That's how they stayed up. They lost most of the, the, the first seven games of the season. Did they have three or four points? Four points four, after seven games. Four points after seven games. They lost the manager, Struber, who went to New, New York, York Red, Red Bull, wasn't sacked, went there of his own volition. Mm-hmm. They got this new guy in, the um, Ishmael, from uh, former French international. Had quite a good career, played yeah. at Bayern Munich and yeah. whatnot. Werder Bremen, Strasbourg, yeah. uh, Lens and Crystal Palace, amongst others. Yeah, he had a short Strasbourg. spell at Palace, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. And he was manager of an Austrian team mm-hmm. uh, before then he, he, he was recruited for Barnsley yeah. and he's come in and it's just been an upward projection with him. It's, it's a remarkable run. Plays yeah. a very, very direct style. Play Found a way of playing. Plays to the strengths. Barnsley, one of these clubs with the metric systems with the, don't call it's not money ball, it's a different kind of thing, but it's one where stats analysis is big on the game. Interestingly, North End's new senior analyst, mm. well, recruitment analyst, James Beat, worked there for three years 
maybe not as a head one, but he was in that network there. So that, that, that that's an interesting one for the future, isn't it? Yeah. And But obviously, they were struggling under the last manager, having recruited in a certain way. But they've certainly, I don't know if they recruited Ishmael as their manager, thinking... If they've had, yeah, how do you look at stats for players? Have they done the same with the manager and thought he will suit this style? He will suit us here, and they've got him in, and he he just propelled them up the division. Fantastic record. Yeah, came in from uh, Lask in the Austrian Bundesliga, yeah. but mm-hmm. the 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 players. I mean, it kind of shows that the players were there, or yeah. or maybe it it almost gives most me of hope. the squad were there, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, obviously they made was it Dyke they, they signed? Yeah, Daryl Dyke. Sign from America. In, in the, did he come in January? Uh, I can check. Yeah, I don't think he was fair before then. So, but but Ishmael has obviously inherited the squad when he took over, mm. and with a group and, and and taking that group of players and, and moved them forward dramatically. According according to the wonders of Wikipedia, mm. uh, Daryl Dyke joined on February the first. Yeah, went on loan. Window, yeah, for, yeah, but with a reported twenty million dollar option to buy. Yeah, I've heard there's an option. There was also that's some, some that's some option. There was some little panic as well that the the club he's on loan for from had a recall option before the end of the season. Anyway, I think that talk was quelled quite quickly. Mm. You know, so. He, he, he's been a big player from him. But what I was trying to say is that... from Orlando, where yeah, Kaka used to play. Yeah, most of, that, most of that squad which has moved up Barnsley forward were mm. there before the current coach came in. Yeah, I mean... So it, it's, really, like they, it's not as if the new coach is coming and had a full transfer window to work with and turned the squad on its head. He's yeah, not done that. people like Corley Woodrow and Alex Mowat who have been, been some of the, time, the yeah. standouts. I mean, Alex Mowat went down with Barnsley, then came back up with Barnsley. Mm-hmm. I mean, because he used to play for Leeds, didn't he? So he's just been at Barnsley yeah. for, for a long time. Yeah. He was at Oxford, wasn't he, Mowat? Was yeah. he, a lot? He was, he's, he's one of Ryan Ledson's best mates. Oh, is he? Him, Ledson and Potts go on holiday together. Oh, right. A lot. Yeah. I did see um, yeah. Ledson, what was it? Ledson, Potts, Joe Rafferty and Jason Malumbi, at least, mm-hmm. were, were out the other day and um, Jason Malumbi was getting a bit of grief for his nose was on he? Instagram. Right, yeah. Ryan Ledson and Joe Rafferty giving him a bit of stick, yeah. which was quite funny. But We've, um, we've, we've all seen the old uh, <laughs> yeah. pots on holiday doing the dab, haven't with, we, on yeah, champagne the, bottles. With the so. uh, spelling of Ridsdale or something. Yeah, with, no, yeah, um, yeah they've missed out the, the middle D, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. but I mean, the thing is, like I was going to say before, it almost gives me hope that they've not changed a lot. They've just got the right manager in. They've just mm-hmm. got the right stuff. Fair enough, yeah. And and that's enough. Like, the players... He's I mean, changed his style as well, Tom, really. Because mm. you think about Barnsley, the uh, Roy is quite well known for playing a, a decent brand of football. Yeah. Yeah, he's coming and he's the very direct, mm. you know, like, and, and they make no apologies for it and they shouldn't mm. be criticised. They found the way of playing and it's working for him. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think, I think when North, North End went there just before Christmas, he got beat 2-1, they were winning 1-0. Sean Maguire scored a sort of four-post header mm. very early on. And then Barnsley came back with two goals in the second half and I think Moet scored the first one and it was shot from outside the box and I think they had one of the highest stats for shooting from distance and scoring. He's got a, he's mm. got it in his locker, Alex Moore. He's scored a few absolute yeah. screamers mm-hmm. uh, in the past. It, Out of contract this summer. It'd be he? a good signing for yeah, someone, yeah. Definitely. Or he could, I'll tell you, if Barnsley go up. Well, one, Barnsley finishing the playoffs might persuade him, I'll give this another crack even if they don't go up. And if mm-hmm. they go up, happy days. You yeah. know, like, uh, good player, though. 
Barnsley have overtaken North End as their most long balls per game. They play 84, North End a second, joint with Wickham with 82 long balls per game. Yeah. So What's uh, classed as a long ball? No, I, I, I think we tend to <laughs> think of a long ball as how Wimbledon used to play it mm. or North End under John Beck playing out to the corners. But is it a, a little clip ball down the channel? Yeah, is there that, a certain that, distance? Yeah, is there, is, dis- the, is there a distance involved? Yeah. In it? yeah. North End do sometimes. You play it, if they're not going to play out from the back, you clip it down the channel. Yeah. You know, for some Interesting one is um, <laughs> three balls per game. There's only six teams who play one through ball per game, apparently. Are we one of them? Uh, no, we're not. No, it's right. uh, There's Norwich, Huddersfield, Brentford, Watford, Cardiff and Blackburn. Yeah. But... I'd find that hard to believe. A through ball. One through, through ball. ball. Yeah. You just slide your striker in. Yeah, surely a through ball is just anything that's not directly to feet. Some mm. of they've got to sort Chase, of run yeah. onto and, yeah. and make a movement for. Yeah, mm. it's strange. Stats, I mean, stats and damn lies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the thing with stats. It's, it's so, you'd think it's so kind of mm. situational or so subjective mm. that, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, Barnsley the same home and away. Actually play more long balls at home. Do they? 88 per game mm-hmm. and they only play 80 mm-hmm. away from home yeah. so you know they like to get it down away from home clearly <laughs> yeah but no but back to our earlier conversation before about mm. that the, they'll be they they come to Deepdale looking for something yeah jockeying for position so it could be a really it could be a really good game it's not a dead rubber as you say yeah now just think if fans were in for this one Fair enough, it'd be a last home game for North End, shirt sleeve crowd or whatever. But, you know, you could imagine Barnsley bringing a few thousand with them, wouldn't you? But, you know, I yeah. don't know, we keep going on about the crowds, but oh, we're missing it's still, yeah, it's oh. still, It's still hard not to, isn't it? Is, it, yeah. it? You feel a little bit like a broken record where most weeks you're like, yeah, well, imagine if there was a crowd, but that's just mm. natural, isn't it? You know, I mean, and the thing is Barnsley are one of the form teams in the division and have been for quite a while that's how they've made up all that ground I think there's only really Bournemouth in the playoffs who were who were kind of sharing that yeah. sort of form they've really picked mm-hmm. up towards the business end might have Ben Pearson in the Premier League next year Yeah, but, well that'd um, be good that'd be good because no thing gets some money out oh did he yeah it's part oh. of the deal yeah so. that's handy but <laughs> this is this is ironic isn't it it's sort of if you if you look how things are going to work out Norwich and Watford have got her up, aren't they? Yep. If Bournemouth went up in the playoffs, which they could very well do, that'd be all three relegated clubs have bounced straight back up. It looks like Fulham and West Brom will come down mm-hmm. at two out of the three. So five out of the six clubs involved in promotion and relegation between the Championship and Premier League last season mm-hmm. are, are involved again this time. And we talk about the ESL being a close shop. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a sort of, it's a similar sort of bouncing up and down, isn't it? Really? Yeah. And I mean, I fancy Bournemouth for the playoffs. I've got to admit. Yeah. They're, they're hitting, hitting form at a good time. Uh, Brentford just have that, who do with yeah. the playoffs? They're terrified of the you playoffs. Look, you look at Brentford and you normally go, yeah, this is their year and everything. But as I say, their playoff record ain't great, mm-hmm. which must play on the mind because it used to play on North End's mind, didn't it? Yeah. And then you've got Barnsley in there. Now, anything could happen with them, but mm-hmm. they're just there for a good time, if nothing else, because yeah. they didn't expect this is a bonus yeah. for them. Swansea are the sort of one in there, aren't they? At one point, it looked like they might get automatic. Then it looked like they might drop out of it altogether. Yeah. I wasn't that impressed with them when North End beat them down there, but yeah. they have sort of responded well. There were a couple of draws in there. They mm-hmm. were 2 0 down against Wickham at one point. Not one in three. To, yeah. yeah. So I don't, I don't, 
I don't know. If I was to say one won't go up, it would be Swansea now. I'm a, I'm a hopeless tipster, uh, Tom. So when, <laughs> yeah. so when we see Swansea doing an open-top bus ride, yeah. socially distanced, <laughs> I'll, I'll have it egg on my face there. No, but I just fancy Bournemouth for it, I've got to admit. Yeah, um, yeah I'd, I'd agree with Bournemouth yeah. at the moment. I mean, it depends how these last, next two games go. It'd be a good football story, though, if Barnsley did get up to show yeah. that you can sort of yeah. gate, gate crash it. And I don't want Bournemouth to go up just because... Premier League clubs get like another hundred million pounds because mm. they don't have to pay parachute yeah. payments, so they just keep it in they've house. Saved, they've saved a load, haven't they? It's like eighty, I think, or something yeah. at the moment. Yeah, I think once upon a time that money used to be distributed throughout the football league. The money they saved, but no, it now it's distributed among the other Premier League clubs. Why would the EFL get it, Dave? Know, Why yeah, would they I do know. that? Know, that I makes know. too much sense. sense yeah, you know, yeah. when you've got all this money going spare. Yeah. Why not have some more? Yeah, Why not well, save some yeah, more? Yeah, here's a lot of more money you can waste. Yeah. You know, so, what about down the other end, Tom? Though that none of the relegation places have been yeah. settled yet. Speaking yeah. on Monday. Yeah. So I know Rotherham do play on Tuesday, but they'll, it's one of their games in hand. But it looks like Wickham will go. Yep. But probably Chef Wednesday will go as well. Yep. But then, if. Derby at the moment look like they might be okay purely on the fact that Rotherham can't win a match to save their lives. Derby have lost five on the bounce, which is relegation form. Yeah. Rotherham have lost four on the bounce, which is relegation form. But it could end up that Derby, you know, like we talked before about North End doing their own job to survive. Derby could end up surviving purely on what other teams do. Well, Namely Rotherham. So Rotherham need four points to catch Derby. Yeah. They go to Brentford tomorrow, Tuesday. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Derby have got some tough games. Derby go to Swansea, Swansea on Saturday, then finish against Chef Wednesday yep. on the final game of the season. If Chef Wednesday do something this weekend to give themselves some hope going into the last game of the season... Yeah, because that, them be giving themselves hope also drags... Derby further into it, doesn't yeah. it? It's, like it's, it's the proverbial six pointer, yeah. isn't it? Um, Rotherham don't need to win both games in hand to catch Derby, do they? But you know, they can, if if they can, if they can go into the final game of the season still able to catch them, mm. they need they yeah. need four points from four games because yeah. the Derby are not guaranteed no. to get any points. They've yeah. got Brentford, Rovers, Luton, and Cardiff. Yeah. So no, no, nothing particularly major after Brentford. Mm-hmm. Because Cardiff are a bit yeah. on the they're beach there, as such. They, yeah. Rovers and Luton are, are mid-table, beach, yeah. <laughs> so so they've got they've got a chance there because yeah. they've still got something to play for. Yeah. Whether the legs mm-hmm. last long enough because of all these games we're having to catch Personally, up. Personally, I would like to see Rotherham stay up yeah. in the fact that Sheffield Wednesday and Derby. You could argue, well, Sheffield Wednesday have been partly punished, haven't they, for financial irregularities with. Mm-hmm. Um, Chance theory. Chance, yeah. Derby seem to get away with a lot of things, yeah. don't they? And just morally, I'd like to see Derby. Yeah, yeah. They're, not, they're not the most popular side, are no. they? So it'd um, be very satisfying to see Tom Lawrence get relegated after all that. <laughs> after all that happened. Yeah, but you know, I just maybe maybe it's that sort of bloody nose which bigger teams need sometimes. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter that you've got the best stadium yeah. or whatever. You, you, you've got to do it on the pitch. Yeah, they need a reminder like, that they've no right. Yeah, to yeah. no right to be at this level yeah. or anything like that. You know, Wickham mm. a, a good case of that is yeah. that 
it's their first ever season at this yeah. level. They've no right to be no. here in theory. Yeah, in the end, Wickham, Wickham might go down, but points-wise, it won't be that far behind no. Sheffield Wednesday or uh, Derby. They might not even finish bottom. I mean, Gar- I know Gareth Ainsworth spoke after the game at the weekend saying that their, their goal is just to not finish bottom. It's, it's as, He was saying it, we're as good as down. Yeah, We're not mathematically, so we'll keep going, but mm-hmm. we don't want to finish bottom, and that's the next aim. You know, yeah. that's the next... First aim was stay up. Yeah. Right, okay, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Let's not finish bottom. Yeah. So, I've no great love for Rotherham, but... Mm. Because the North End's record against them is absolutely oh, shocking one at times. One of my worst nights ever <laughs> yeah. when, when North End lost in that first playoff yeah. um, under Simon Grayson. Yeah. Went away, Galley scored the free kick and you think, oh, we're in here. And then, oh, yeah. the coach back, me and my dad went on the coach. The coach back was just silent the whole way. Everyone was just gutted. I know. It was I horrible. Know. It wasn't a good night, was it? And yeah. then... They've done the double over us this season. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it, we're too, frankly, we're both too awful displays from North End. We just don't seem to be doing too well against them. But uh, but I'd rather see them still in this division next season. Yeah. You could, you, if you were going to take it down to finance and size at a club, it, you might think, well, it's one who you've lower budget than North End. Mm-hmm. North End have a bit of an advantage over. Now, again, we're getting we're getting back to size a club there and it shouldn't really matter. But, but you, you, you know my way of thinking there, don't yeah. you? And I wonder if Derby do go down, whether they'll get trapped like Sunderland have yeah. for so long. It's a They've, difficult... few seasons, haven't they? Yeah, there's all this mentality of dropping to League One, regroup, go and enjoy ourselves no offended thought about yeah. you know we thought about that and it took us four years to yeah. get back out of it Sunderland will be somewhat similar now won't exactly it? Sunderland will out of Hull have done six. yeah Hull, Hull, Hull have done very well yeah. I thought Wigan and Blackburn deserved a lot of credit for how yeah. they went down and came straight Rotherham have been to be fair mm. a bit of a, a yo-yo club haven't they but I think if you don't get back first time it, it gets as, a, as a club of that size especially yeah yeah, yeah. 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 because I like to say Sunderland are, are struggling and yeah. I think Derby will because it Maybe this is a bit harsh, but my impression of that squad is almost like mercenaries. In a the, little bit, they'll yeah. they'll go down and they're like, "Well, I'm not staying around for this." Even though it's their fault that they're there, yeah. they've played the part. They're like, "Well, that's your problem, not mine. I can go. My agent's got me yeah. a, a contract at, at Forest or Bristol City. So mm. see you later." Do you know what I mean? Like, you got to look as well. The the put right Wayne Rooney in charge when they sacked Philip Cocker early in the season. Mm. Now Rooney, great player. You know, he could very well be turned out to be a really good coach and manager one day, but it's been a tough first gig. Mm. Maybe the wrong club to start at, mm. almost. Not got a lot of experience with him on the coaching staff. McLaren's there, but he's yeah. there as technical director. Yeah, it was on a line, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, there was some talk of him being sidelined recently, but as Rooney responded to that in an interview and said, look, no, Steve's here as technical director. Mm. He's not there to coach and whatever. It's it's, it's Rooney, Leroy Rossini, Shane Given, yeah, Liam Rossini, Liam Rossini, yeah, y- y- youngish coaches, yeah. you, know, you know, rather than. The, I think they've almost been stung by how well Frank Lampard did. Yeah, yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, so maybe it wasn't the right appointment to make. It's easy to say that now, you know. Mm. It could be that Rooney turns into a really good manager at some point. Another Might club. walk to the League One title and then yeah. And, yeah. and really push them on. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, for me, my guess would be... I do think it's going to be the bottom three myself. Yeah, it's hard to see Rotherham picking up four points at the moment. Mm-hmm. I think Derby will survive... By default. Off, yeah, mm-hmm. not off their own back. I don't think Derby will... Derby could well finish with seven losses yeah. or whatever they're on. I mean, they're on at least You could five see, now. to be fair, Rotherham and Derby could not get another point this yeah, season. that's you what I mean, You could almost yeah. see that, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, 
I, Wickham and Sheffield Wednesday are gone for me. Then it's between Rotherham and, and Derby. Mm-hmm. Whether Rotherham have it in them to get four more points. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, their goal difference is better than Derby, so they need yeah. four and they can stay up on goal difference. But you think if R- Rotherham's games in hand, they had two big outbreaks of COVID, didn't they? Mm. Now, quite a lot of clubs have been affected by COVID, but no one's had two like that. Yeah. You just think if they hadn't had one of them... Yeah, most if, people if have had, one. If they had one shut down, fair enough, but yeah. maybe if they hadn't have had this second one... And even in that, even if they just picked up a couple of draws and maybe a one win in that, they'd be they'd be in such a stronger position within one game, result. Yeah, makes you know, a lot of it, difference, doesn't it? It's all very well. That that was a big threat to North End, wasn't it? We were all looking over our shoulders, thinking Rotherham have got four games in hand. That was a threat. It wasn't really North End's low amount of points or something. It was more what the yeah. potential was for clubs to come and overtake. But one. There was, there was always that little bit of a buffer zone in between where if Rotherham were going to hit a patch of form, they were likely to overtake other clubs. They had to overtake other clubs first and drop someone back. Yeah. But, and two, teams who have a lot of games in hand, I always think it's better to have the points on the board. Yeah. With so many games in hand, Especially it can, in be, hard to take, it can yeah. be hard to take advantage of. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And what we'll move on to before we end is uh, the upcoming boycott of social media that PNE are, are involved in um, all clubs up and down the country are all doing every, it every Premier League it's club every EFL Women's yeah. Super League FA all, or all professional club. football yeah. clubs mm-hmm. um, are doing it I mean even even yesterday I think Kyle Walker received some racist abuse after yeah. winning the, the League Cup yeah. it's ridiculous uh, it's every weekend there's yeah. some stupid offensive tweet or a post on Instagram comes to light, some stupid emoji on it. Yep. And it, I, th- I think this is a really good collective effort from the football, rather than, you know, Swansea did it as an individual club and Rangers did up in, in Scotland. But I think when you come together as a collective and boycott from Friday night through to Monday night, uh, any any postings on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook, I think it's a good thing. You can still put information on websites and things like that, but yep. you're just not signposting it. And I presume all the players will join in. As a reporter, I'll be joining in with that. I'm, yep. I'm not going to post anything. Yep. Uh, that's my own personal point of view. I think, I think, yeah, I, I think, think I'd be undermining it. I agree, yeah. I'd be undermining it if I was to go and... I don't know. I don't know the stances of general media organisations. I know ours is generally that we'll we'll get involved in it. I personally think that any sort of media coverage or anyone involved in in these games mm. should yeah. should join in yeah. solidarity or whatever just to show support for this because it's not mm. it's not okay. The, our, our stories will still be on the yeah. website and stuff like that. We just won't be sharing it on social media yeah. and things like that. And if, I, you know. Some North End fans and fans at a lot of clubs have responded to say, yeah, it's really good. Some have said, look, you're punishing us. And I can see exactly mm-hmm. where they're coming from. Well, where can I get my information from? And I can totally, you're punishing us. I've never, you know, these fans will be going, I've never posted an, you know, an offensive tweet in my life and it wouldn't even be in their makeup to do it. Totally bang, understand that. Yep. But this is more a protest against the tech companies mm. who don't seem to be doing enough to to stop when this abuse happens, it's not being shut down quick enough or steps or often being, enough even. or often enough, you know, it's, um, it's too much hassle for them. There's no way of doing it. So yeah. it's almost focusing their minds. Unfortunately, mm. the fans get caught up in that as damage, yep. but on, it is a necessary evil just for this one weekend. They're not doing it 
on the final games where so much could on the final day or something of the season where anything could happen. It's not where there's a cup final or anything, but they had to pick one weekend to make a stance. And um, I think it is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Whether it will make any difference, I don't know. But football, it has to be seen to be doing something. And I think yeah. it's a really good way of doing it. I think, and I think it's similar in the in the taking a knee where people didn't agree with it or said it was pointless or whatever. The main thing is if if someone's wondering over that weekend, oh, why aren't they putting stuff out? Even if one person questions and finds out the reason why they weren't aware in the previously then it's had a desired effect. Yeah. It's raised awareness of what is going on. It is it brought more attention to it, and that's the only way to get any sort of change. Yeah. You can't just go to Twitter and go, "Oh, can you just can you just do this?" It takes something mm. so extreme yeah. to get any sort of response out of these massive companies. Yeah, and it did need it needed a whole collective. It, mm. I'm sure what I'm sure Twitter didn't really mind you know i'm sure no one lost sleep at twitter yeah. when swansea boycotted it as an individual club if preston had done it individually they wouldn't have lost any sleep over it but when every club is coming together when they'll be losing the support that weekend of man united liverpool whatnot who yeah i know for all the criticism of the esl the other week you know they are massive clubs you mm. know like the fan bases they reach everywhere you know that um, I think it might at least make him take up and some notice anyway. And we spoke about it not too long ago when Alex Neal mentioned about saying that, it, as he said that for him, players shouldn't be on social media and all this sort of stuff. And we said, like, I mean, my my view on it is that it, you can you should be able to have as many accounts as you want. Mm-hmm. It doesn't that there's no limit on that. But each one, you've just got to supply an ID. Yeah. So you've got so there's a name to it. So yeah. I could have a million different social media accounts a million different twitter accounts because i'm sure lots of people have multiple accounts or whatever Mm. but each one Mm. would have my id on it so they know if there's racist abuse coming or whatever anything anything like that Mm. they can tie it to that id and they can report it and even if it takes it it is that they ban all accounts linked to that person's id Mm. then at least something can be done something tangible Mm. but a lot of these players are getting racially abused Mm. mainly other sorts of abuse as well, but and 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 these people maybe get timed out for a week, yeah. get their account suspended wow. for a week. Yeah. Uh, well, so this time next weekend they'll be back, back sending it, doing monkey exactly emojis the same. and yeah. Or, or they just open up another account with another yeah. you know another, another email hot, address, yeah, or another email account. Takes two it. minutes. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's obscene. It's absolutely obscene. people's behaviour has to change though. We were, hmm. we're 2021 for for heaven's sake. You yeah. Know, so yeah. Uh, and why on earth? Yeah. You think because someone's lost a football match mm-hmm. of kicking a bag of air around, yeah. you think you can go and abuse someone on their race, which mm-hmm. is absolutely none of their yeah. control. Mm-hmm. You know, and is there any wonder mm-hmm. why there are no out gay or bisexual or LGBT plus footballers mm-hmm. in, in yeah. the men's game? Because they're just you, gonna get you can't even be black. No, know. You, you know, that yeah. there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. You can't be black. Yeah. So how on earth are you expected to to be anything but straight? Yeah, and then as well with the issues as well. Like the social media gives people, yeah, fair enough, it gives them a voice, but it's giving some people the wrong voice. Mm. They wouldn't dream of walking up to someone in the street and shouting this, that, and the other at them. Mm-hmm. Do it on the phone though, you're fine. You know, yeah. we're a made up name. You know, a little different sort of bio picture or whatever yeah you just hide it's not very brave is it yeah and even and i know everyone's everyone's gonna get abuse on the on the 
pitch mm. in the stands. You'll get someone telling you you're crap or whatever, mm. things like that. But hot, like th- there's a level of that that they kind of come to expect, and and even some of it's in jest. Yeah. Some of it, some of it can be quite funny, mm. but there is also a line and there's also people stewards there who if they hear anything untowards they're out and stuff like that whereas social media is just completely Mm -hmm. on you know Mm -hmm. there's there's no control over it it will get to the point yeah i think it will get to the point as well if nothing's done more and more people famous people will lose you know, interest in being on social media. They, uh, you know, there's a lot of players now have deleted Twitter accounts and things like that. Yep. The whole idea of Twitter was to try and, you know, football and Twitter was like, uh, Twitter was set, not set up for football, but the way it's being used, it's brought some players closer to fans, mm-hmm. you know, that you can, you know, especially at our level of clubs or whatnot, maybe not at United and things like that, but you, you see some North End players who will have a, a, a direct conversation with mm-hmm. fans, good-natured, you know, and yeah. that, that's great. That's how it should be used. But when, when you get this abuse coming in, it's... Re- it's absolutely ridiculous. That was the difference between Twitter and Facebook, where Facebook, you needed to be friends with people to yeah. see what it was, whereas Twitter gave you access to these celebrities and, yeah. and what was going on with them. I mean, I must admit, um, Billy Bowden um, pointed out, uh, someone tweeted Billy Bowden the other day, I'm not sure if you saw it, The um, um, Billy Bowden had liked some tweets related to Bristol Rovers, obviously mm. his former club, and, and someone tagged him saying, oh, we'll come and pick you up, just come home. Yeah. And uh, a, a PNE fan replied saying, "Take him, he's not good enough anymore." And Billy Bowden quoted it with some laughing emojis. Yeah. And and credit to a lot of PNE fans have have replied saying, "You know, mm-hmm. ignore that. That's not." Yeah. But there you go. There's another example. I mean, that's not even based on his race. Mm. Race. Yeah. It's just a PNE. That's fan an opinion. That more than any. I'm sticking not, the yeah, in a little yeah, bit. Stick, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, you're not going to lose. You can't. Pre- you know, people have got an opinion on someone. Mm. If they don't think they're good enough, they're not good enough. Fair enough. You know, that's I don't mind that. But you know, when it, it gets really personal, mm. um, one thing I'd like to see with um, with footballers at the top level with, with social media, if they can eradicate all this abuse. Is to actually police their own. Well, not yeah. police. Run use, their own accounts. Run their own accounts. Footballers these days, you spend hours on the phone. You know, young lads. You know, like looking down on the phones. Why do you need a? Why do you need to pay someone a public relations account to put on put on Twitter at the end of the match? Thanks for your support. You were great. Yeah, it was a great afternoon. Blimey, anyone could five year old could do that for him. You yeah, know, yeah. so well, there's take, always those classic ones where they tweet yeah. out. Just write something Thing like, like, yeah, 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 <laughs> you know, like, yeah. So they do, you know, like you don't need to do that. Take, you know, you know, take it over yourself. Yeah. You know, it's your opinion we want to see on it. You yeah. know, a bit of personality. You know, you don't need someone to write that. So, mm. but then, uh, like you say, the the problem is the more involved they are, mm. the more they see and yeah. and and the way things are going. You, you just mm. see a lot of the yeah. the vitriol. That but from what it sounds like nowadays. It's almost in a dressing room. I think the minute the manager's done his quick debrief with the team, the first thing players used to mm. do was right, get my kit off and go for a shower. But now it seems to be the first thing to do to look at the phones. So yeah, yeah. So you that's a reaction. society thing. Maybe we all need to sort of spend mm. a little bit of time off our phones. I see a lot of North End players. It'll be like a couple of minutes mm. after, say, the the full time whistle, and the, on Instagram, like they're quoting the the PNE story from Instagram where yeah. they, they've won, and they'll be like, you know, yeah. get in or or yeah. say they've scored or pictures of them in the warm up yeah. and stuff like that. They do look out for. I saw an interview with. Um, 
Brentford manager Thomas Frank about it in one of the national papers. And it was a wide-ranging interview, it was a really good interview. And he was going on about social media and things like that, one of the topics. And he says, maybe it's something that going forward in the dressing room, I have to sort of say, you can't have your phone in the dressing room until, you know, everyone's gone. So, you know, once you're, once you're outside the dressing room after a match, yeah, by all means, go on your phone. But don't be sit there underneath your peg. Mm. With your kit still on, having a look at you know, it might not do you you know your mind any good. You know, mm. you've just played ninety minutes of football. You might want to look at your phone to, you know, t- tell your girlfriend or whatever. I'll be I'll be up in the lounge in a minute, or I'll be home by whatever time. But probably it's not the best time to be scouring social media at that time. Yeah. Have a break of your phone, re, you know, unwind a little bit. Yeah, yeah, decompress all that sort of stuff. I mean, Jesse Lingard went a little viral the other day, didn't he, dancing with um, yeah. Declan, uh, Declan Rice filming dancing in the You nearly West said Ham. Declan Rudven, didn't you? No, 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 no. <laughs> that would have been bizarre, it. that wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know, that would have been something. Yeah. Um, Declan Rice filmed him dancing in the West Ham changing room, but it's stuff like that, isn't it, where... In the good moments, social media can be make it yeah. even better. Jesse Lingard in great form, trying to get in the Euro squad, and he's out yeah. dancing around, showing how happy he is now. And he's yeah. spoken about the fact that he was on the sofa and staring into space, didn't even want to get up at one point. Yeah. And it shows like the change, but <laughs> social media can be the best thing in the world and the most evil yeah. thing in the world. Depending really, what what stays in the dre- what what happens in the dressing room should stay there. Do we really? Is yeah. it really necessary things like you know to see everything, even if it's a good thing like that? Yeah, yeah. surely there deserves to be some kind of private space where you know what happens stays there or whatever. If people yeah. are getting the phones out filming a good thing like so playing yeah. dancing around. What happens if there's a dressing room argument, which yeah. you're going to get an inquest after a game, yeah. and someone films that? Oh, there's, and been that few, out, yeah? there's been a few. There's been a few private parts that have been put yeah. on the social media from uh, changing room pictures um, yeah. but even stuff like uh, initiation songs and things like that yeah. I always thought that they they were always happened behind the curtain so, but there's yeah. there's more and more of those I popping know. up on yeah. on social media isn't there but I mean I mean all in all the boycott is a good thing there needs to yeah. be more done there needs to this stand if nothing else mm-hmm. if it forces any sort of action from the social media companies then it's a good thing oh, it might yeah. not be enough action no. but it's a start and yeah. it, it's good to see the club doing something about it because we've just had this every you know there's a lot of clubs have had to put out a statement recently this happened to our player mm-hmm. we deplore it we call on twitter stroke whoever instagram yeah. whatever even that's getting tiring yeah, because you've just yeah. not seen any action no no you know and then you'll get a, a bland statement from twitter we will do everything to sort of do yeah. are they doing it we don't know. So yeah. at least if it get you know, if it brings it more to the table, if if it gets the tech companies round the table for proper talks, you know, mm. like yeah, it's got to be better for society. We're not just talking about sport here. Yeah. But, you know, we've yeah. got to be a bit nicer to each other. Yeah, any any person that goes viral, mm-hmm. open inadvertently, mm-hmm. can open themselves up for a hell of a lot of criticism yeah. and, and and abuse, and it's just not okay to be able to do it. Mm-hmm open up a new account or just go unpunished there's yeah. there's it's news when someone actually gets charged with something yeah. based off of social media where it should just be an easy enough thing to do it should yeah. be a, a quick process where mm-hmm. yeah there's freedom of speech all this stuff or if anyone tries to call me a snowflake about it I'll, I'll just cringe but the the whole thing is that yes you've got freedom of speech but that doesn't mean you can just abuse someone yeah do you know what i mean and that that if if clubs are actually starting to get these companies to sit up and take note then it's all the better for it outside of football and including football really yeah. isn't it mm-hmm. That's exactly the main thing. exactly yeah so 
But, yeah, so yeah. I won't be tweeting a lot over it. I think my wife will be happy. She I know. Yeah. She thinks Twitter's me of a woman, Tom. You know, like, <laughs> that, that's how she describes it. You know, like, it's like having another woman in the house. So. <laughs> oh, you got to keep up to date, haven't you? Absolutely. Got to yeah. get your stories out there. Yeah, so uh, so maybe in the Seddon household, a bit of peace will break in. Yeah. Well, if you want to be Dave Seddon's other woman, you can get him on Twitter <laughs> at, at Seds underscore LEP. Uh, I'm at Tom Sandals, and there's also at LEP underscore football, although there won't be a lot on there over the weekend. No. Um, but keep in touch with that all the way through the week. Every day there'll be um, PNE stories. Uh, same with at L- uh, same at lep.co.uk. Um, and there will be stories there throughout the weekend. We'll, the stories will still be going online and obviously in the paper, all that sort of stuff. We just won't be sharing them through um, social media channels. But uh, Dave, anything else you'd like to add? Because I think that's about it for this no, week. Another another pod done, Tom. We're, yeah. we're, we've got full momentum. We're, yeah, we're, yeah. we're breaking into that like, top six, aren't we? Yeah. So, uh, I tell you what, next pod's most important. Yeah. You know, You're only as good as your last pod, yeah, Tom, yeah, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. One pod at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but thanks for listening. We're yeah. trying to build this up, so uh, yeah. I hope you Keep enjoy going. it anyway. Any yeah. feedback is uh, gratefully received, and we'll try and add things in and, and make it how however people want to listen to it because we enjoy doing it and we're happy to um, happy to do it as, as you guys want but yeah all I have to say is uh, thank you very much for listening thank you